the stateside soccer show talking the beautiful game in the land of the free breaking down major league soccer u.s men's national team and more with logan and jordan and that was ori benatar great conversation with ori i love i love talking to him he really Mm -hmm just knows what he's talking about. And to get somebody who's talked to players, talked to fans, wrote stories about this has been uh, illuminating, I think. Um, so let's just talk our thoughts real quick on the rebrand here. We kind of alluded to some of our thoughts here. People have been saying the same thing I'm probably going to say here. But why are we focusing on global branding when we're not even the most popular sport in the United States, we're not even the most popular soccer league in the United States and Columbus crew, not even the most popular team in their area. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of these teams are no. none of these teams are. And as we mentioned, uh, I'm not sure if this was after we, we were done talking with Ori or not, but the LA galaxy is the most popular MLS team globally. That's the team everybody right. knows because Beckham played there. And they have one of the most American names of all time. That And look, it, it, I mean, what is wrong with the American naming system? Yeah, there's times where it sounds stupid. Um, but does New York Red Bull sound better just because there's other Red Bull teams? Does, you know... Columbus SC sound better than Columbus Crew SC? It still had the SC. Mm -hmm. You know? It's like getting rid of Charlton Athletic, whatever, and just calling it Charlton. You know? Like, it it doesn't make a difference, right? Like, why can't we just keep Crew? And if you want to redesign the crest, make little touches to it, like like Lori said. I, I mean, I just don't understand... I just don't understand it. And we're keep erasing our history. We saw this with Montreal, who was Montreal Impact before they even joined MLS. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, God help them if they try to change Philadelphia Union or Seattle Sounders, <laughs> Portland Timbers, LA Galaxy. Oh, man. I mean, uh, here's a fun fact. I'm going to ask you this. How did LA Galaxy get their name? Do you know? Oh, God. I guess maybe the stars because of LA. Yeah. That was it. Cool. They're named after the stars of Hollywood, yeah. all being in Hollywood, and they're the LA galaxy of the stars. So it's it fits. It fits mm-hmm. the area they're in. And, uh, you know, uh, look, what made them a global brand? They did rebrand. They changed their logo. But what helped them was they Landed signed David Beckham. Oh, <laughs> they signed David <laughs> Beckham. Then, yes, then they also got Landon Donovan. Yeah. They got Robbie Keane, and they won three MLS Cups in quick succession. If Columbus Crew repeat this year, mm-hmm. and they kept their name, and they signed players that were big stars globally, they would become a global brand. It's right. not about the name. It's not about the crest. It is about the play on the field. Why are the Yankees one of the biggest global brands? It's because they won 27 World Series. Mm-hmm. And they had stars on their team like Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, you know, like and, and that's the thing too, is that is a global brand. The New York Yankees is a global brand and is the most American name 
what do they all call us? They all call us the Yanks. Yankees. Yeah. They all call us Yankees over here. And you have people in the UK and Germany that are wearing Yankee hats and are Yankee fans, and they have no connection to that. Right. They're not just called New York Ball Club, baseball club or something. It's just mind-numbing why we have to resort to this. And we saw a missed opportunity with, with Charlotte. They could have been Charlotte Town. They could have been Charlotte Crown. They could have been Char- Charlotte Athletic. They mm. could have had all these options, and they choose Charlotte FC. And they did this huge name unveiling, this whole huge name unveiling, logo unveiling. And they said, here's your options. Here's what it's going to be. And you know what was sad? Everybody's like, I'm hoping for this, but I know it's going to be Charlotte FC. And it became Charlotte FC, and everybody was like, why did you even make a big deal about it if it's this random name? Your thoughts, Logan? Yeah, leave it alone. Uh, You've seen what fans can do. You've seen what you can do to fans. Uh, It was a couple weeks ago we were talking about the Super League in Europe. One stoppage, yeah. Yeah, and you, you see what it does to fans. I mean... What makes me want to support a team is the fact that I know, like for the Cubs, yeah, they might have a little bit of logo change, but it always stays in its character, in its town. In have its, they? Like through history. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it's history. always been the sea. No, no. It, it used to be like actual a bear with a bat. Um, that, oh, for okay. a while there, they were called the, I think they had Black Sox at one point. Um, so, it, it, you know, they've at least stayed in the Chicago roots though. They've had like the Ivy, they had the bear, they had everything and it kind of went along with the Chicago bears. And so they, they've done a good job with that. Like Indiana has always been that same basketball with the P in it. Um, so yeah, it, it just, I leave it alone. I, I don't get why people do. I mean, this, this, especially after all the crap that they had to go through with the, with pre-court and then you put them right back into the situation of, I just want you to leave my team alone. Like just leave it alone. And it just seems like it's a money-making opportunity. Because when you rebrand, what you're doing essentially is you're making new gear that fans are going to have to buy. They better do a buyback opportunity where they give those fans who bought the kit this year, and if they do change the kit, then they should be able to take this year's kit if they want the new kit and be able to change it in. Because, I mean, it it sucks because now you're – you know what, 30 games left or something like that. And you've got this new logo that's going to appear in your new stadium. And the old logo is only going to be on the patch of the, and then you're going to have the fans in the stadium, the, the Nordedeke uh, that's going to have this old logo on their motif. I mean, it just, I don't know. It, it, it just, it, 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 the TIFO, sorry, not motif, but it, I don't know. Just leave it alone. It just could be leave a motif as well. It motif as well. Um, but just leave leave it alone. Stop stop messing with stuff that's that's worked. I don't get it. Here's what I'm going to promise to crew fans on this show. We're going to continue calling them Columbus Crew. Mm-hmm. We're only going to use the old crew logo. I'm I'm not touching the awful C in any of our in any of our graphics. All right, that's the commitment I'm making to this. That uh, until they change it back or until they change it to something you like, I am not supporting this rebrand. Uh, if I, uh, you know, everybody likes, uh, I like to collect kits. If I collect a Columbus kit, it's going to be an older Columbus kit. And I am not using this C in any of our graphics. And I'm, I'm not using it. I'm not going to just call them Columbus SC anymore. You know, it's just going to be, we're going to call them the crew. We good with that, Logan? Yeah, so, to make that promise here. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about the Columbus SC game? 
Uh, Let's talk about the crew. Talk the crew. Uh, DC against the crew. Uh, Zella Ryan scores 20 minutes in. Then you have an own goal from Brian to make it uh, 2 0. Then uh, Ola Kamara against his old team scores for DC. 83rd minute. Another own goal off Alfaro that gives crew the 3 1 win. Any thoughts on this, uh, how, how this game went? Uh, DC missing 14 people is absurd. I, I do, and we talked about this, Jordan. We said that if this team is not yeah. healthy, they don't, they can't afford the depth issue, and they've got the depth issue. Um, it, it's a team that is not healthy. Um, Paul Ariola is not back. Uh, you've got guys that, I mean, they're playing with their second, their second keeper in sights. Like, they, this is a team that's in – a bit of a disarray. Uh, you've got defenders now scoring, which is impressive, but it's for the wrong team. Um, yeah, it, it's a team that, that's really struggling right now. And, you know, I know MLS is wild, but um, shout out to those guys. Uh, but no, <laughs> but I, I think that this is a team that uh, you're looking at one that can compete for the wooden spoon if things do start to fall a certain way. Uh, it was funny because I can every time – I saw highlights of Kamara score or something like that. I kept thinking back to your conversation that you and I had. We had a debate about um, why I didn't think he was that special. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, he's fine. He'll score these random goals and he'll get goals and he'll be up there at 10 goals. Or, and there's one, Jordan. So you, you were you kind go. of right in that aspect. But, um, but no, Let's not get it going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kamara, come on, man. Yeah. Now, I will say I, I do – I do somewhat disagree with Ori. I don't think that the crew necessarily have it going. I think that they, yes, they are taking a yeah. step in the right direction, but I'm not sure we're no. seeing. A crew I mean, they're undefeated. See. Yeah, they're, they're right, undefeated. Right. But uh, yeah, this I would, I would disagree with uh, this. Is uh, look, yeah. they did create the chances for their own goals, but this they is did. also a DC United team that missed 14 players. Right, mm-hmm. that. I'm going to hold out and see how they play against yep. uh, these upcoming teams because that yep. is uh, that that is something to worry about, I think. Right. I'm not so ready to think that they're going to – look, for me, I, I know it's a long season, but for me, I'm not ready to put them as repeating Eastern Conference – well, they didn't even win the Eastern Conference, but I don't think right. – everybody thought they would run away with the Eastern Conference this year. I think that dream is dead. I think the Eastern Conference is going to be bunched up for a good chunk of this season. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how it shakes out, but certainly if they're healthy by playoff push, they're they they have a shot, right? Cool. They they have That's a real a shot team. of of repeating. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just not sure they are. As people will look at when we go over our power rankings in a separate thing that we're going to be doing, uh, not so sure they're up there, um, like most people have them. Yeah. Uh, look, I know they're banged up as well, but for me, uh, I, I don't know. I do love your note here, though, that just says the crew controlled this match for the last seventy-five to eighty minutes. That is a long, yeah. that's a long time to control the match. Yeah, you know, it, usually you read that stuff. Like that. Yeah, usually you read that stuff and you're like, okay, like the last fifteen minutes. This is yeah. the last seventy-five to eighty minutes. Right. I mean, they can, and and like I said, DC is right now. They're right now they're lower, I think, than FC Cincinnati, and and I think because, in fact, that like. I think at least FC Cincinnati are healthy, whereas DC, 14 players, that's a lot of players. And that has me – I mean, that's really concerning. If that That's going to be a common thing. I mean, they've got – they don't even have a start – they don't even have an 18 to announce for the match. I mean, they've got 14 or 15 guys. And right now, I mean, with summer competitions coming up too, 
you know, if there's some guys that have to miss, if they do have some of those guys um, back, that then, yeah, this is a team that I'm concerned about right now. Luckily, uh, they don't play tomorrow. They do play on Thursday against mm-hmm. Chicago, and then they play on uh, Sunday. So it's going to be some quick games here for them, though, mm-hmm. to play Thursday, Sunday, with two days of rest if all their players are not going to be healthy. So just a little bit of concern for D.C. here. Um, anything else to, to talk about? crew in dc the game no i think we can move on yeah, to my next one crew yeah. win there i think yeah, so should... yeah what was your uh yeah your uh your next i forgot we didn't even get through the headlines yeah. yet jeez i was all but right the... go ahead uh we've talked about wando we talked about the crew we've talked about el trafico so what's your second headline let's Logan? let's transition really well into a, a bad rebrand of itself too um let's talk about the chicago dumpster fire i mean the chicago fire um team that is <laughs> uh is kind of a dumpster fire. Uh, I, it, this is a team too that, that, I mean, you look at, I think if you look at the bottom of the East compared to the bottom of the West, uh, Minnesota won't be there. I don't think much longer, but at this point, heck who knows? Um, <laughs> I, I think the bottom of the East is weaker than the bottom of the West. So I, it, you know, I think yeah, that definitely watching the separation happen. I think you're going to have seven teams that are pretty much a lock for the East, maybe an eighth sneaks in. Um, depending on how some of the teams perform. But I think that um, Chicago is definitely not in that picture. Uh, I think that right now, like you and I have talked about this, and you and I went into great detail about it too. And and based on our rankings preseason, we thought maybe – I know you had them lower, I think. I think you had them like 13th or something crazy like that, um, which you know might not be too far off. But I, I think that when you look at the team – yes, Yeah, I did. 13th, yep. you had them 11th. Yeah. When you look at this team, Stojanovic has been really good. But other than that, I mean, Beric is, is going to get goals. That's what he does. He's in spaces. He'll find goals. Um, but uh, other than that, outside of that, what are you looking at? I mean, you're looking at a team that lacks depth on the wing. Um, the, the wings were a big concern when we talked to Alex from um, when we were talking to the previous. Alex Campbell. Uh, yeah. Right. So, you know, talking to him and, and – Winger depth, the the issues in the back. Calvo as a DP player has just got to be probably one of the worst signings defensively. I mean, to sign a, a DP that that he's supposed to anchor this defensive back and he's not doing anything productive. Um, it, it's been a serious concern uh, for for Chicago, and so that's why I've kind of put them in this this fire uh, because I think that also you you got to look at the fact that if they do start to perform poorly. You know, there might be teams interested in trying to pick off one of their players or pick off, you know, and then I know that I think Barrich has uh, international duty coming up as well. And I think Stojanovic also does. So if those two do leave for some international duty, whatever that might be, um, that's a big, big yikes. Yeah, this is one of the teams I didn't buy into. Uh, yeah. this, this is like the one that like when we talked with Alex and then usually at the end of a show, I'd be like, I don't know. I think they can win the whole thing. Uh this one I never really bought into, unfortunately, for Fire fans. You know, the Philadelphia Union beat them 2-0. They've lost, before this, nine straight home games. This would make it 10. Uh, this is uh, Corey Burke scores 51 minutes in. Then Glesnes gets one nine minutes later uh, to make it 2-0. I thought it was kind of a... Uh, the, the first half, I thought, was a, a little more nervy. I mean, I thought the Union were okay, but there were some moments where the fire had some real chances in that first half. And, you know, then right after halftime, you get the Union up 2-0 within the first 15, 
minutes of the half. And uh, from there on, it, it is what it is, right? They, uh, the union needed this win. The, the fire needed something from this. But for some reason, they're not playing so well at home recently. You were hoping with, okay, they have fans at Soldier Field now. You know, that that would help turn them around a bit, but it, it hasn't. And I'm not really sure what the fix is. Um, I just think this roster is not built well, and I don't think it's yeah. built well to succeed in MLS. Um, oh, they're going to give up Yeah, Barrage, who was very yeah. close to winning the Golden Boot last year, but defensively they're not that great. Um, and, and sometimes they can't really generate enough to, to get going, I feel. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, for, for me, that is pretty much all I have to say about this match. I mean, it was the, the Union, I don't think, were super great in this match yeah. either. I do want to say that Santos could have got a red card. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on with the Union in that regard, where they are just starting fights every game and getting red cards and... You know, we had the what two match suspension for, um, uh, for El Brujo when he did his little elbowing. Uh, we had Jim Curtin saying stuff about Heinze uh, at the end of the Atlanta press conference. Uh, which hey, the Union are the only MLS team to move on out of Champions League. So welcome to Concacaf, Logan. We went from five to one very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> Very quickly. That happens quick. almost all the time, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, uh, so I'm a little worried about them having this much of a chip on their shoulder after winning Supporter Shield to be like fighting everybody all the time. And I know, I know some union fans are like, hey, that's Philly. I love Philly. I love that tough Philly mentality. But let's not do anything that loses us players for stretches of time. And if we were going to be down Santos who I think has been better than Burke uh, mostly here, uh, that hurts you, right? And we're already – look, I don't know what's going on with Fontana. I, I don't think he's got much of a future here because, you know, if you been haven't missed any – if you missed anything, uh, the union just signed another midfielder. Yeah, Daniel Gazdag. Yeah, from Hungary. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if he's hungry for goals and uh, if, if he'll help us out at all. But – Let's move on from the Union and Chicago. Uh, but yeah, Chicago's got to find a fix there. And let's get mm -hmm. to, let's go, since I went two in a row here with Wando and the crew, if we go with two in a row for you and we talk your last one and then we'll talk my last headline. Gotcha. So uh, we want to talk about loons. Um, we, I know we went over this in extent last year or last year. Good Lord. Uh, last week, it could have been last year. Um, last week, we went over it with AJ and Jack from the final third pod. And we were talking to them because they're loon supporters. And um, this team, Jordan, man, they, you're so your MLS cup winner um, just looks <laughs> absolutely brutal. Uh, no, but first half, the loons, kind of similar to when they played Seattle first match of the uh, the yeah. season for them. Very good, 45 minutes, got two goals. I thought they looked really good in the attack. Defense was pretty solid, and that's the, the big issue they've been having. Um, and then on a dime, uh, 57th minute, Kellen Acosta gets a, gets a volley to go 2-1. And I'm thinking, so I'm watching at this point, I'm thinking, okay, 
uh, this is kind of a good test for them. It's 57th minute. They had controlled the second half. It's right after the first half. So I'm thinking, okay, well, give them some time. Maybe there's, you know, some adjustments that are going to happen and they just need another goal. And then they'll, they'll easily grab these three points on the road, which, which would have been really impressive. Um, yeah, it, that didn't happen. So, uh, I mean, it just absolutely crumbled uh, as a team. Cole Bassett gets this, uh, a goal in the 71st minute and then 82nd minute. It was in a span of 25 minutes, Jordan. The loon season was uh, fluttering from their grasp um, because they're birds. And um, it looks like, Jordan, that's – and I know it's MLS and I know it's wild – but uh, Lud is getting ready to go on international duty. I believe Reynoso is getting called. Um, maybe I think uh, I know. I think it's Abila is also so. Like they've got some big attacking players that aren't going to be with this team, and that has me concerned for for a team that's really struggled um, putting it all together. For a team that many thought were on a, on a high note. Uh, coming into the season with some of the additions that they made with Reynoso, who's the king of the north. Um, they've looked like a team that's going to be king of the south in, in the Western Conference. Oh, boy. You'd think he writes these ahead of time. Yeah, I don't. Not to my knowledge. Uh, <laughs> so let's – I want to talk about the loons here mm-hmm. as well because this went from – so I'm, I'm at the Oriole game. <laughs> right and and i'm like getting ready to leave i'm getting ready to leave because this game kicked off like 10 30 and that game ended around 10 30 and i'm like do nothing already go ahead go minnesota like you're right. turning it around awesome i get home from my drive and it's three two yeah and i'm like whoa <laughs> <laughs> and the mount meltdown started on twitter you know a friend of the show mark fangmeyer was all mm-hmm. he's out i put that down here as yeah. a question mark uh you know uh i, I feel like uh, you know the final third guys were feeling a little uh down here i don't know what the issue is obviously the issue is defense right yeah. Yes. yeah, but I think it's a mentality thing too. It has to yeah. be at this point, and I'm not sure Adrian Heath is the one to lead them forward. Let me read this quote. This is a quote from his press conference mm-hmm. on why he made the sub in the 80th minute for uh, Brent Kalman coming in for Reynoso when it's tied 2-2. Heath said, "I thought we were going to lose the yep. game." We wanted to get another defender on because they were putting a lot of balls in our box. I thought an extra body in there might help us. Um, to me, it's to me that seems like the mentality is I don't think we're going to win. So let me yeah. sub out our best player in franchise history for Brent Kalman <laughs> to shore up are in the box here as they're whipping balls in. But then you're losing all your creativity. You're, you're losing mm-hmm. your chance of winning the game. I, I don't know. I, I can I can see where he's coming from in the sense of, all right, you don't want to lose the point, right? You don't want to lose the point. But it, it sounds defeatist. And I'm not sure I'd come out and say that in the interview. 
And he wants to know why everybody always doesn't believe in Minnesota and why MLS.com gives him such a tough time and not believing in this team. He doesn't even believe in his team. (laughs) He didn't even believe in his team. He just mentioned he thought they were going to lose. They've now lost all of their games. Four games. All four. They're at last place. Now, they're in good company. They're Portland down there. But Portland has three points. Mm -hmm. And you're at four games out of 34. You have 30 left. So you got a long time left. But you're going to have some players go out on international duty, like you just said. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't think you fire Heath mid-season. No. So I apologize for Minnesota fans who want him out now. But I do think that this is – I think he's got a shelf life like a Jose Mourinho has a shelf life. He had that shelf life in Orlando, Mm -hmm. and he was gone. He's in Minnesota for, what, four or five years? And now it's it's getting to that point where it's stale. I think it's stale. And it sucks that it was right after where they could have been in MLS Cup and get knocked out by Seattle. Mm -hmm. But now I'm looking at that game, and I'm thinking, that was a premonition of what's going to come now because – they had a lead, 2-0 lead, becomes 3-2, and they get knocked out. And that's pretty much been the case this season, and they're getting demolished, and they just had the same game with the Rapids. Look, the Rapids are a good team, so them coming back from 2-0 uh, down is not a big story, I guess, but Austin beat them. Right. And Austin beat Minnesota. And... Look, I, look. I, when we when they lost to Seattle, I was like, "Don't press the panic button. This is, this is early." And Seattle is a great team, but it might be time to start hitting that panic button very soon. I just don't know if that includes getting Heath out without giving him a chance to turn it around. It's only four games, but you would hope that you would have had a point. You've had two or three home games. Mm, three. I think they've had yeah they had three in a row because Austin came and visited them. Pretty sure they've had three, and then they had RSL because Ochoa kicked that ball in, and then Seattle. Yep. No, Seattle was in Seattle though. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, this yeah. at Rapids? Was this at? Rapids? This was at Rapids. Yeah. Yeah. So they've had two games at home. Okay. So two. Two games away. Right. And no points. Typically, you want to win your home game, so you should have six points, mm-hmm. maybe four. At, at least mo- four. At, at least four is what you're yeah. hoping, and then lose your away games at this mm-hmm. point, eh, this early on. Who knows though? Like I said, MLS is crazy enough where you can turn it around, mm-hmm. but they need they need to bring in some players, uh, especially if they're going to lose some due to international duty. It sounds like they're getting ready to. Uh, I will say one silver lining that Loon fans can look forward to before we move on to Austin. Um, sorry to spoil, but. Um, the the I will say the Reynoso and uh, Hassani Dotson on the wings looked a lot better. Uh, like like that looked like something that could benefit them going forward. And Greg was playing more of that uh, number ten role as he's more of like was the attacking midfielder. I'm um, in behind him. He had Will Trap, and I think it was uh, I want to say Alonso maybe. Um, so it, they looked they looked better in the attack. Um, that wasn't saying anything for the defense. The defense again set or like random volleys that they weren't getting to. Um, passes that they should have gotten to. Um, it, it did. It looks like a de- defense in disarray, and that can really sink your team. All right, let's move on to our last headline. Is Austin for real? Uh, 
it's kind of ebbed and flowed throughout Sunday, right? Yeah. But I would say, yes, I do think they are for real. When you're mm-hmm. looking at what they're accomplishing and the fact that they took an early lead against SKC at SKC and how they've been doing so far where they're in, they're in eighth place. They got six points out of four games, two wins, two losses. They're two losses, LAFC and SKC. Pretty good losses to have. They beat Minnesota. They beat the Rapids. They should have won this game or at least got a point. And this is I the reason why I have to say yes, they're for real is because I think this is just an individual error. This is Alexander Ring getting a red card. And yes, uh, I, I saw people say that they were already starting to retreat after getting the goal before the red card. But once once you're down a man, uh, mm-hmm. you you shove them into that box and, mm-hmm. and you and you <laughs> play counterattack if you can, but for me, once you're down a man, you're, you're trying to hold on to – you have a 1-0 lead. You're hoping to win the game or at least just give up one and get the point, right? And you're trying not to lose at that point. So uh, for me, I th- look, they've been a really good expansion team. I think they're for real. And by for real, I mean they're going to be a pretty darn good team. They're going to be a tough team to beat if they have all 11 people on the field. And I think that that is, they already seemingly have an identity. They have a manager who's really getting his first shot at this. So I think that is helping as well as he's got something to prove. And I think that that, I think that's really good for Austin. And uh, they're, they're going to be, I still don't know if I'd say they're real enough to make the playoffs, but they have a, I think I'm giving them playoff odds more now than I originally was anticipating. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, it's a combination, too. I, their defense has played a lot better than I thought. Uh, like, I definitely gave them credit for. Um, Roman has been really good. Matt Beasler has revived himself. Uh, he looks really, really sharp. Um, and when you put Alex Ring in front of those center backs, uh, he makes the mistake. That's his first red card uh, as an MLS player. Um, he is an absolute wall and and he doesn't make those mistakes. Now I will say this was a really bad game for him. The, he was on a yellow and he hit two or three guys that I thought could have been the second yellow, even worse than that last one. Um, and then the whole thing where he he basically acts injured. If you didn't see it, he acts like he got hurt to kind of try to soften that blow that he didn't hit. Uh, I forget who exactly he he tied up with, but um, he goes down and they gave him red. Like the refs just waiting with the red sitting in his hand, like get up like i'm gonna give you this yeah he was he was pulling the uh (laughs) if i stay down uh they'll forget about it and move on they'll think i'm hurt they'll think i didn't mean to do it or that it wasn't bad enough that they hurt me instead but there's var here right so So it was missed yeah (laughs) and one thing i i texted you this i i said uh they they kind of need help in the left back position now because they they ben sweat got hurt I thought that they could use some defensive help defensively. They could use some depth there. Uh, I think they could use a striker. It'll be interesting to see just how much uh, John Gallagher performs because uh, he had not started. They were calling on him to start. All our Austin fans were calling on him to start. He starts. He gets a goal. Beautiful, beautiful pass by Stroud, who finds him. I mean, if you haven't seen that, it's a beautiful pass yeah. into him. He, he finishes nicely. Pochettino is going to get goals. The, the one he puts in from like 28 yards or something out – hits the crossbar and the fans you could just see were like oh my lord like how did that not go in 
Um, Diego Fagundes has looked fantastic, which I'm glad he's out from underneath Bruce Arena. I think that he's performed very well for them. Uh, Celio Dominguez is is a good player. I think he's going to be a, a solid DP for them. They need a striker. I, I think that they need somebody. If they do get a striker, Jordan, I think that you're right. I think that this is a solid playoff team that could take it even higher. And I'm really impressed with what uh, Josh Wolf has done, what Reina has done with this club. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what they do. Um, if Precourt will put the time in and the investment in, which I think he will because he, he's been begging for this. So He's been um, begging for yeah. the Austin team. Let's see how it goes. And I right now, Jordan – I love, love, love their signings. I love, love, love their team. So. You know what? He might, he might even sign their uh, and pay their signings, <laughs> not with money, but with exposure. <laughs> that might be what he does. <laughs> People that don't know, that's what he was asking yeah. for. Was it like a chef or something? It was yeah, like a chef like that'd that. be paid in yep. exposure. Yep. In the stadium or something. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. He, he's over. a cheap. He's a cheapo. Yeah. Um, let's, let's move on from headlines and get just into some of these games real quick. Atlanta at Miami. Joseph Martinez scores nine minutes in. Uh, great goal. Uh, you get Matuidi exiting 14 minutes in. Uh, Sosa looking pretty good. Lewis Morgan, though, scoring 77 minutes in. Some really bad defense for Atlanta there. And... Did you get a chance to read this athletic article about uh, Atlanta? No, I, I was getting ready to. Um, but then, It is yeah. not good. Not good. Really? Yeah, it is. Uh, so apparently they were they actually interviewed uh, Bielsa. Marco? Mar- Marcelo? Yeah, Marcelo Bielsa before Tata Martino took the job. And uh, they just never got back to him. Why? Yeah. They didn't want him, I guess. But they didn't tell him. So... Really badly handled by Carlos Bocanegra there. And it sounds like he's been uh, kind of too involved at times. Uh, Wanting to be in on the team meetings and uh, training pitches and stuff as an executive. Um, That caused some rifts between him and Tata Martino. Sounds like he's also the reason for some of their contract delays, which leads to players like Nagby asking for a trade because he was so fed up. Yeah. And uh, Julian Gressel asking for a trade because he was fed up, and uh, a lot, of, a lot of this kind of stuff going on here. And uh, then they hired Frank DeBoer. Uh, well, also he wanted to limit Almiron's playtime in the playoffs because they were getting ready to sell him. Mm-hmm. Tata said, "You don't make that decision. I do." And Tata um, was right. I mean, they won MLS Cup after that. So I he said, really... "Tata for now." Yeah. <laughs> And he left because of his frustration with that. <laughs> yeah. And um, it just sounds like uh, that once Paul McDonough left specifically, mm-hmm. uh, Boca got more control. And now Paul McDonough's back. So is that because of that? Is, are they trying to get back to the way things were? I hope it works out for them. Because mm-hmm. if they, if it ends up to where, you know, Heinze or, uh, is frustrated and, he leaves. They could become a club of instability and yeah. just something that was a fleeting moment of winning trophies and gone. So I do hope they work it out. As much crap as those fans gave Union fans uh, during, during the Champions League. Welcome but, to the club. 
<laughs> any any thoughts here at all about how any of these teams look? I should hide this on one. Sunday. I should hide this while <laughs> I say this. Um, so uh, and the extra time guys agree, and I agreed because I was watching the game specifically for this reason. Um, Joseph, you know, he's the godfather. If he scores, he's going to score. He's owned my team, Orlando City. I own that. He is a very, very talented player. He is probably top talent in this league. But everything around him besides Santiago Sosa has been concerned. I I think you've got to be concerned about Ezekiel Barco. This is a kid that they brought in that they thought was going to be this next up-and-coming thing. He was going to be that Almiron who's they're going to sell. They're going to flip for a lot of cash. The kid hasn't panned out. He's 22, um, which is starting to get towards, like, you know, that flip price, right? That, that flip age. Yeah, that, yeah. This is where we flip you for something. Or else more. you're stuck here. Almost, right. Yeah. They're actually lucky they have Santiago Sosa because uh, – and I told you this. I texted you this, and you, you said, really? And I, I think – Next year, by summer, this time, we're talking about Santiago Sosa no longer with Atlanta United. Um, I think he's been that impressive. I think the balls that he plays is that impressive. His diagonals that he's played. Um, Chris Smith, who does a fantastic job, who we've talked about. Um, he's been on he, the show, yeah. Oh, he's been great. Um, and I, I love reading his stuff. I love reading his breakdown. Um, and if you look at their passing, it is so Joseph heavy. It's pulled back towards the midfield. It's not anything threatening in the attack um and when they do get threatening pieces in the attack it's not as effective as it should be i think that you should be concerned by that uh jürgen dom is hurt and he, and he had looked pretty decent i think that he's you know his injury is going to be a big loss for them um as much time as he's going to have to miss maybe um bello i thought looked a little lost i thought lennon played pretty well but i you know i th- this is a team again like you said jordan you wonder, are they going to become this fancy team that just starts to try to get the the, the shiny pieces and tries to control it from the top? Mm, of Dallas, exactly. That's exactly what. Like, without the young talent, it'll be more young talent they purchase and then in-house sell and say, okay, well, we tried. We see we put money into the club. You wanted us to put money in the club, but is that talent going to be able to play cohesively? And Joseph hasn't – I mean, he's coming off an ACL injury. He hasn't looked himself. He hasn't had those explosive runs. This goal was a shadow of himself. I, I think it was a very good goal, but I think that you're still looking at a, a guy that's still on the mend. You can't expect him to get 20 to 25 goals, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, it, this team might be lower than what we expected if they continue to play the way that they are. Yeah, uh Seattle and Portland was another Sunday game here. Mm. First half was uh, not so great. Second half really picked up here. Um, two missed penalties <laughs> that uh, Valeri took here uh, due to uh, encroachment from Nuhu. Uh, then uh, also having Fry, uh, what? Uh, he whiffed on line. one. Yeah, no, he whiffed off. So. New who so it was a it's a wild thing. They're still going over it. Uh, New who encroaches clearly. The second time too, go back and watch it, Jordan. Um, the second time he does it as well, he encroaches even further. But they didn't call it on New who. They call and then they're like, so then extra times like Stephen Fry does come off his line some. So maybe it was like the Stephen Fry thing, and because MLS doesn't do a very good job of announcing like why after the games, you know, correcting things. 
Um, so, and then, but then the other issue is Diego Valeri hit the post without Fry touching it, and then he touches it again, which you can't do. Um, yeah. And he he slotted it in, but uh, again, um, <laughs> so you know, that second half was a wild game. But you get Rui Diaz, who does convert one, mm-hmm. uh, 63rd minute, 79th minute, Montero scores, and then 90 plus four, uh, T, uh, Tua Loma, is that right? Tua Loma, Tua Loma yeah. uh, scores to make it 2-1. Um, was that the final? I thought it was 3-1. Was it 2-1? Mm, no, it was 2-1. Yeah, it was 2-1. Uh, yeah, it was 2-1. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, that was a uh, very uh, interesting second half. But Seattle, best team in the league by far. Or are they? You'll find out during our Power Ranking show that we'll put on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube uh, for that. Uh, What's another game we haven't talked about here? Uh, We have not talked... uh... Can I say one thing on the Timbers thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, The the Timbers, if you weren't watching... Or we're watching. Um, they had Jeff uh, Atanella go down, and you know I, I don't know if anything's been released. That's how bad I am. No, I don't um, think so. I don't think it has, just because how close the chest. But it looked really bad, like really, really bad. Um, and I, you know, I, if that's the case, Solte steps in. Uh, I think he's 17, 18, something like that. He's the tallest keeper um, in uh, MLS. He sits at like I think he's like six five. Or something like that. Um, he is a very tall person, um, but they're going to have to rely on a teenager to to stay in the the post um, for Portland. It could work. I mean, uh, Atlanta had a better goalkeeper when they played Champions League with their teenager uh, yeah. instead of yeah. Brad Gazan. So that name always escapes me too. I forget the kid's name. Rocco. Rocco. Yeah, that's it. I forget. That's it was it. like three or four names. Yeah, he does. That he has. Oh, so let's talk about the game you were at, okay. NYCFC versus uh, Orlando City. You sent me a great text that said, City's dominating. And I said, I would assume so, because they're both <laughs> named City. So I was That's confused. That's why I texted you that. On which one? I was like, wait a minute, NYCFC or Orlando? I thought you meant Orlando, and you did. I did. But um, Nani, again, in the 52nd minute, the great goal. Uh, then a 70, uh, 77th minute penalty kick for Castellanos to make it 1-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a chance from NYCSC as the match expires with a huge save by Galise to keep a point. Uh, how'd you feel about this one? Uh, first half was really good for Orlando. I thought that they played well in uh, against a team that is surprisingly, I think, a, a pretty decent NYCFC team. Yeah, um, they had like fifty-five percent possession. I think. I yeah, know. they. Yeah, uh, and then uh, second half, I thought NYCFC uh, looked the better team. I thought that they uh, they didn't create as many chances uh, like they they would want to. I, I thought if they created more chances, they were going to win the game. Um, but there were, I mean, there were moments where Orlando seemed kind of shaky. Um, the, the one concern that I have for, I guess, both teams really, uh, Castellanos has been off to a hot start, but that's not been his forte. Like he's not been one that's been like a consistent, really, he's very streaky in the way that he scores. Um, and an issue that I have with Orlando, unless DK comes back, I'm really concerned as to where they're going to get scoring. Um, watching them, that's yeah. what I wanted to watch for. 
Nani cannot score every uh, game. Every game, no. And, and the way that he scored, the expected goals on both of those were insanely low just because of where he takes them from. Uh, one was on his weak foot. One was going across into defenders that should have gotten in the way. Um, I, I think that that's a big concern for me is where are they going to get scoring? Can they rely on Mueller to, to maybe bag some goals here? Um, I think he's looked the more, the most goal dangerous um, amongst the bunch. I, I think Benji Michelle's played well um, to where maybe he could add some goals eventually. But uh, again, they don't have a starting striker. And if Pato, this isn't what concerns me is a knee issue like this is not one of those ones. that's like, it just magically goes away. It's one of those, I think nagging ones that's going to, keep him out here and there and and he's older. So I think that that's something else too. Um, He did look good, but again, Jordan, like I, like I said, I think that unless they get DK back and he stays the whole year, I I think this team's going to, that's where their pitfall, their Achilles heel is going to be there. Where can they get goals? We'll say they're up to fourth place, six Mm -hmm. points, four games played, one win, three draws and no losses. Defense looks good. That's been the big issue or the big, thing with them um and then nycfc uh i was really impressed with them i thought james sands looked great keaton parks was really quiet but sands has dropped back now into that they play three in the back he's in that center back spot in the center which is a big step back from a center defensive mid role i think you're now anchoring the defense instead of being kind of that middle man in the midfield and they're top of the east nycfc Mm -hmm. seven points they have a six goal differential Nine goals, four, three goals against compared to New England having five goals, four, five against. So, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty good from NYCFC. Uh, Toronto at Red Bulls. Uh, Red Bulls, uh, Frankie Amea scores 32 minutes in, and then Caden Clark with another goal in the 69th minute to give them a, uh, a victory. Toronto just not living up to what. Uh, I would say many people still thought they could be, but really as somebody that didn't believe in Chris Armas, I'm going to say they're probably right on the money for me right now. They're in 12th. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Toronto looked really bad. Uh, they just don't look like they're a team that is going to find goals. And with Akinola not in and Josie not playing, and uh, it, yeah, Soltado's going to have to really – make a big difference because this team looks like a team that just doesn't quite fit a system from a guy that, and we worried about that. We were concerned about can his high press, can his high intensity attacking play, can they do the things that they need to do to be able to turn people over in their third? I'm not sure I can, I see it. Michael Bradley sure is not going to be the one to chase somebody down anymore. Um, Defensively Toronto's back lines back intact with Mavinga back. Um, But you know, I, tough, tough sledding if you can't get goals in this league. And right now, I don't see where they're going to get it without Akinola or Josie healthy. Yeah, uh, Red Bulls, surprisingly. Caden Clark. <laughs> good. I'm, should I say surprisingly? I had them uh, I had, we had them, them as almost playoff eighth. Teams. Yeah. I had them above NYCFC, though. That's looking really yeah. bad, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so let's talk about the Revolution. They're everybody's media darlings, uh, but they lose to Nashville two nil. And uh, will they be in our power rankings again? Check our YouTube for that. Uh, I look. Sapong scores his first for Nashville. Alex Mule scores. 
for Nashville against his former team. Makes it uh, not against his former team. Sorry, I was thinking this was Red Bull for a minute. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nashville over the Revs. The Revs to me have not looked super impressive this season. They are second place in the East yeah. as I say that with seven points. This is their first loss. But when you look at their wins, uh, which were what uh, they were, um, DC United, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of who their other win was. Uh, they drew with, uh, or they lost to, they drew with Chicago. They drew with Chicago the first game out. Um, and then they lost to DC. They beat you. They beat Atlanta and then they beat. No, no. Yeah. They beat Atlanta. They beat DC as well is what you mean. What did I say? You said they lost to DC. (laughs) Sure. They lost to DC. No, they won (laughs) one nil. Yeah, Yeah. One nil. And I think it was their own goal. I think it was a DC it was. special. It was. Uh, so it's a good call. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, I mean, like, look, I mean, maybe Atlanta's the best out of those. Nashville beats them. Nashville really needed this to get over the hump anyway. This was in New England as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, no. No, no, no. Okay, you that reversed it on the thing. Okay. Sorry. So, yeah. yeah, this was at Nashville. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they're second in the East, but – I. So to me, when I'm looking at them playing, and I'm, it, look, it's good they're grounding out results, I guess, as it is, and they only have one loss. But I don't know if I'm putting much stock in the revs right now. If we were doing a stock instead of instead of power rankings, I, I would be like, I'm kind of selling my New England stock mm-hmm. at this moment because I don't think they're the dark horses that people have made them out to be anymore because I think now they're getting to the point where – Everybody said they're underrated to the point that they're overrated. But we'll see. What is your thoughts on the Revs? Yeah, um, jury's still out, I guess. Uh, They do rely so much on Carly's heel. uh, Yeah. I think that that, that's their Achilles heel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it is. I I think that Adam Buxa is not going to be the the goal scorer that you want to give. Uh, Gustavo Bo again when he's played when he's been healthy, eh? Like he kind of reminds me of Ezekiel Barco a little bit, kind of like that. You want him to do well, but can he really provide at the level that's sustainable for a team that's going to be like a a Columbus Crew or I mean, I'd even throw NYCFC, Orlando, Philly. Like those are teams that have so much depth and so many options. Where you look at. New England, and you kind of go, okay, well, besides Trostison and besides Gustavo Bo, you know, there's not really other much behind that. I think, uh, mm-hmm. what's the kid's name? Uh, Burnt Bunbury. Yeah. He's a, he's a solid second option at best on the wings. Um, so yeah, they, they, and Bruce Arena has said it. He said, I need more players. He, he needs uh, yeah. some more signings. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they don't make moves. Uh, Jordan, in the summer, I think you're right. I think that this team is one that got hyped up too much to now where they're overrated. I do think that you're absolutely correct on that. Let's move on to Montreal. Anything to say about Nashville, actually? I guess Nashville, uh, uh, good for them to get the win. They yeah, they didn't, let, they didn't let people score like right off the bat. <laughs> that was good. Uh, a defense that had been so good. Um, they're still undefeated. Yeah. yeah. Sapong got his first goal. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got his first goal and uh, it wasn't like spectacular or anything, but it was like uh, hunting the in the box. Really and, are, yeah. yeah, yeah. So 
Um, he looked good, and, and Mule looked really good. He got back in the lineup, and, and I thought that he looked good. Hani Mukhtar was out with an injury, and so was uh, Handwala. So uh, two big pieces that were missing for Nashville. But, um, yeah, good win for good, good win for Nashville. All right. Uh, Vancouver. Yeah. Getting the win over Montreal. 2-0. Penalty in the 57th minute and a 71st minute goal by Dahomey. A brace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's so looked better really good. Brace, better brace wow. for this, Montreal. That go. was not a good yeah. Brace game. for this impact. Yeah. So, <laughs> not a good game welcome. for Montreal, I don't think. Um, I mean, look, they had some good attacks at the time, but they're just going to convert. And, no. and that's one of the things I worry about with mm-hmm. Montreal. As you can see, I put them in that wooden spoon spot but where they sit currently is uh eighth right outside the playoff spot five points at this point i'm wondering how cincinnati and chicago even get five so uh maybe they won't be wooden spoon (laughs) at this point that's so mean that is mean i don't actually mean that obviously they'll pick up some points but like uh like maybe it hasn't been good it hasn't been good but, uh, yeah, anything to say about this uh, Canadian matchup here? Yeah, um, Cavallini, I think, at times has sucked back too far into the pitch. Um, and I know Dahomey's kind of playing like a second striker with him. Um, but, you know, I think at times he's more of a creator now. Um, he's looked okay in that position because he, he does get a lot of attention. Garner's a lot of attention. Um, Caicedo's looked really good. I thought Chow Alexander played pretty well. Um, but, uh, no, this is, this is a good win for them. And like you said, I, I'm – I'm concerned, like you are, uh, about Montreal. Can they get uh, Bjorn Johnson, who's not, who's had a very underwhelming kind of career, um, and a Kyoto, who that's pretty much who they rely on to get goals? Um, yeah, I, I would say that your concerns are pretty accurate. Where are they going to get goals? And we talked about uh, Kyoto being your number one option of a guy that's probably going to bag you nine or ten, but not good enough to take you over the hump. And Vancouver weren't great, but they, they got enough to, yeah. to get by. So. Right. Uh, let's uh, last match that we have to talk about here. It looks like is Houston versus Dallas, the Texas Twitter derby. Here, mm-hmm. this was on <laughs> Texas. Uh, this was on Twitter. Uh, Fafa Pico, thirty fourth minute penalty kick for Houston, and uh, O'Brien for Dallas uh, to make it one one. Uh, second half, uh, not really too much going on there. First half kind of got a little crazy with the penalty and right after that being the equalizer. But uh, Houston are currently in 11th. All right, no, they're above Portland. They're above Minnesota. So they're they're doing better than they originally thought, maybe, you know, when you look at those two teams. Uh, they're right below LAFC. They're tied on points with them. Dallas are in ninth which is right above LAFC and right below Austin. So you kind of got the three uh, Texas teams within like three or four spots of each other. So that's pretty interesting. But is there much to make of from this game? And and who do you think was the better team? Who do you think finishes higher right now at this point with the course of the season, Dallas or Houston? Who do I think is the lone star? Um uh man that's tough oh 
right now I'm I, right now my money want, it, it wants to be with Houston. Uh, and the reason why, uh, yeah, you can pull that up and rub that in my face. Um, but I'm 12. So did I, yeah, uh, I had the, in Dallas seventh in the playoff, I had Dallas six. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm in, I'm investing in stock in Houston only because I think Tab Ramos has finally got a team that's played well defensively, which is what they struggled with last year as well. Um, they've signed a guy like Tim Parker, who is fantastic at kind of anchoring that back line. And then I, I think that, uh, with Memo Rodriguez, I think you've got a good player there. Um, and I think that they've just overall looked pretty good. And with how well they played against San Jose, that also had me thinking like, hey, San Jose is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Houston right now, I'm buying stock in them more so because I think Dallas is still trying to figure out what exactly it is that they're doing. Um, and with Jesus Ferreira still out um, with that Jara Pepe thing, which I don't even know why it's a, why it's a debate. Jara should not be starting over Pepe. I know he's a kid, but the kid looks much better than Jara does. Um, and yeah, they, they just don't look like they have that identity that you really need um, to, to really step forward in this league. And I think Houston actually does. All right, let's uh, start wrapping this up. Let's go ahead and take a look at what matches are coming up. Uh, so this is a week where we have two shows. So we really only have to cover um, the, uh, the Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday and game. Thursday games. Woohoo! Yep. All right. So here we go. Tomorrow, May 12th, Wednesday, Toronto FC versus the Columbus Crew nice. SC at 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Uh, 7.30, Miami versus Montreal Impact. Uh, then you have <laughs> Philadelphia Union at 7.30 against the New England Revolution. We played about a million times last season. Uh, then we have 830 Houston Dynamo versus Kansas City. Then we have Minnesota about to lose another one here as they face Vancouver at 9 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Um, so far, none of these are nationally televised. I don't think any of them are, unfortunately. Mm. San Jose at 1030 versus Seattle, the two best Western Conference teams. Battling it out at 10.30 on a Wednesday night uh, on ESPN Plus if you're out of the uh, Seattle-San Jose area. Then Thursday, we got one game, D.C. United versus Chicago Fire. That's on ESPN Plus at 8 p.m. Thursday, May 13th. Then we have the weekend matches. So uh, what which one of these games really speaks out to you the most uh, for these midweek um yeah it's gotta that, be the san jose right it's probably the thursday game no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. maybe um, yeah no i am definitely yeah like you said the 10 30 game that i won't be conscious for um, <laughs> and because i'll be sleeping not you'll drunk. wake up to some really nice texts from me though <laughs> right I, I probably yeah i can't really watch that like the 10 o'clock games i can at least watch like the first half usually yeah and be okay. the, the, the 10 30 game, games are brutal uh, when does this actually kick off here? This kicks off at uh, 12, 10 38. Yeah. So, yeah, that if, I, if it was that ain't going to happen. Yeah. So, that's the game that I'm looking forward to. Um, games, watching, that, yeah. games that I guess that I'll watch that I look forward to, uh, at least not on rewind, uh, will definitely be the Union and Revs game because, you know, there's nothing, like, there's nothing like feeling like it's 2020 ever again. So, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a, it's a good matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's probably – I would say I am definitely watching San Jose Seattle, so I'll be watching that. I am going to be very interested in Minnesota. Vancouver hasn't been super great, but they haven't been super terrible. 
Uh, Minnesota's been super terrible, so <laughs> we'll see uh, how that works out for them. But Vancouver's up to fourth place. They got seven points. They've only had one loss, one draw, two wins. They've only given up uh, three goals, so they haven't been super bad. They haven't been – I'll say they've been good. Vancouver's yeah. been good. good. Yeah. And if they can create some chances, they – can win this game too i mean that would be pretty heartbreaking as uh, if you're a minnesota fan because guess what this game is in minnesota it's mm-hmm. at allianz field so if they if they uh if they lose that one it's gonna be some real riots and maybe we have to ask again he foul we'll see the ball is in your stands i mean the court i mean the pitch the pre-court uh so let's go ahead oh god <laughs> and uh we we mentioned this earlier we got a tiktok so if you want to go find us on tiktok stateside soccer show on there only a few videos but you'll find little clips of us on there and maybe we'll do some exclusive stuff there well you may have heard us talk about the youtube uh where we'll be posting power ranking episodes where we'll also be posting every saturday the Closed Pyramid, that is right, a new series exclusive to YouTube that talks USL, USL League One, uh, NISA, you know, all, all the lower leagues. We're going to really cover and go more in depth with those. I'll look to see if I can get any cool interviews with that at some point. But, uh, you know, I know that we promised Eastside Soccer Show would talk those things, but with right now, you know, we're recording this for about two hours and we've barely even scratch the surface on MLS at this point. So it's one of those things. We didn't get to talk about the U.S. men's roster either, which we'll have mm-hmm. to talk about maybe in that midweek show. Um, but, yeah, we'll do power rankings there. When Next time we do Outside the Box, we'll probably be a YouTube series uh, just to give you some more content. But, you know, go ahead and, and watch us on YouTube. That's where we'll post these episodes where you can see our lovely faces. Well, one of us anyway. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh sorry that was mean to myself uh, very self-deprecating you shouldn't you. call yourself ugly but i shouldn't um <laughs> but yeah so so we'll be doing youtube content uh there with power rankings closed pyramid show um outside the box so go follow us on there you can find it in the link tree that's posted with the episode we're just trying to really hope help grow the youtube as well so if you can subscribe to us, if you're interested in any of that stuff, that'd be great. Otherwise, you can follow us on the typical places on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, or email us Stateside Show at gmail.com with any feedback, questions, concerns, comments, anything you have for us. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Throwing his body in, it's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show, presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.
comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to Stateside Soccer Show. I am Jordan Wiegand and with me today is a man that I am rebranding as just co-host number uh, two. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I just got rebranded. I oh. went for the most generic name I could think of. Hey, you know, my fans are going to be really upset that you just rebranded me like that. Oh, do um, you have any fans? Not really, but <laughs> I like to pretend. If we were more established, uh, yes, this would be heartbreaking we would, to we, yeah. all the Logan fans out there. I was going to say, so when we get about two years or three years into this, can we rebrand and just make it something completely horrible so that nobody continues to follow us anymore? Yeah, I just don't know how much more generic we can get from Stateside Soccer <laughs> Show, honestly. So we'll just we call will... it the Soccer Show. The Soccer Show. <laughs> Be like, I'm pretty sure there's some of these that already exist, but we are just uh, the soccer show. We thought maybe that would help us be more global, right? Right. Yeah. We thought that would help us be a global brand a little easier. That's fitting. We'll get rid of the eagle, get rid of the stateside, put a soccer ball there, get rid of the red, white, and blue, because that's not global enough. Right. Might as well. Yeah, for people that don't know, we're referring to the Columbus Crew being rebranded to a name I will not mention. It is actually going to be called Columbus SC instead of the Columbus Crew SC. So they're literally dropping crew. They got an awful new crest. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. I'll go on my rants. But we also have a special guest that will help us out with that. You might remember him from when we welcome, welcomed him on to talk Columbus Crew. That's Ori. Uh, we're having him back to talk about this and the start of their season. And uh, I mentioned during that, I'm going to have to find this clip. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that I thought there was a rebrand going on because there was articles in early 2020 mm -hmm. where this started leaking out. And we all know this is not like a flick of the switch type stuff. This always is like in advance, right? They're always making yeah. this stuff way in advance. And uh, that's when it was originally leaked was like January 2020. And then they even came out and said, no, we're not doing that. And then to actually do it. So, yeah, we'll get into that later. We'll save that for uh, Ori. And then I'll probably also, once we're done talking to him, go on about it a little bit more on my thoughts. But how was your how was your day off yesterday, Logan, as you did not join the Stoppage Time Soccer Show? Yeah. Uh, playing hooky on us. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was good. I, I had a good day off. I was able to uh, get a lot done. I went to, uh, I was able to hang out with my wife, which she has Mondays off. So that was always uh, a, a problem because I, I get weekends off because I'm a teacher. So um, had time to spend with her and uh, one last day off before we head into the last part of the school year. Um, for those that don't know, I'm a school teacher. So, uh, yeah, we got about T minus like 14 days left. <laughs> oh, really? That's it. So, yeah, weeks. it's not, it's not, yeah, it's about two weeks left. Um, and, uh, yeah, so looking forward to the summer, looking forward to Euros, looking forward to Copa America, looking to League of Nations, all sorts of different, uh, competitions going on that, uh, I'll get to watch this summer. But yeah, it was good. I had a really good day off and, um, Twitter was a buzz. So that was, kept me interested while Ashley was on VelociCoaster at Universal. So, <laughs> yes, Twitter was alive with the sound of complaining about yeah. that crest and about the changes because they had an emergency meeting with crew fans, uh, mm-hmm. as I'm sure we'll get into on Monday. And then they were kind of like, ah, eh, well, we're still going to announce it like an hour later. And that's what they did. So uh, enough about that, because we are here to talk other things. We will talk that later. Um, how do we want to get this started today? Uh, do we want to talk headlines first uh, before we get into this interview? Or how did you want to break this down this week? Yeah, so I was going to, I think we should talk El Trafico first, just because it's, yeah. uh, I think it was on on top of everybody's mind this weekend before um, all this craziness happened. So yeah, let, let's talk El Trafico a little bit. Nice. So let's start with El Trafico, the battle for LA. Still no Carlos Vela. And I just put this clip up on TikTok because we are hip with yeah. the kids. Uh, <laughs> but we created a TikTok. And it's actually the only thing that's not at Stateside Show. It's actually at Stateside Soccer Show. And that's it wouldn't let me change it after I linked it to the Instagram, I don't think. Couldn't that's figure it out. That's uh, me with new technology, I guess, as we're all getting up there in ages but uh <laughs> we had uh, i put a clip up there from last week's show where we talked about uh carlos Vela and was it a good move for bob to leave him off because of this injury layoff and guess what did the media start talking about during el trafico uh they literally talked about what we had talked about days beforehand as i saw 12 in tweeting i saw other people tweeting of hey maybe Bob was right to take him off. And I even mentioned it, Taylor Twelman. I said, hey, I just mentioned this on our show. Mm-hmm. I didn't say what show, though, because I don't want to be, like, in everybody's mentions always being like, oh, yeah, at my show. Promoting. You know, like, I was just agreeing with him that I thought that, obviously, Bob was given too much stick of that uh, in week one. And we talked about that last week, so I don't think we have to go over it too much. But it's been, you know, this is week four. So he's missed three and more than a half of a game. Uh, And we have 11 minutes in, Chicharito scoring his sixth goal already. He's already tripled his amount from last season. And we have LAFC dominating possession. Uh, But they just couldn't finish. Just could not finish. And Galaxy were under pressure consistently. Diego Rossi... Ties it up 1-1. Then in the 79th minute, Chicharito adds an assist as he finds Jonathan Dos Santos to give Galaxy the 2-1 lead. And uh, what um, 
what what was your thoughts here on on this? Because I feel like a lot of people thought LAFC would do really well in this. Uh, they ultimately did with possession. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say that somebody put a poll up. I think it was Fox or I'm not sure. Who would win El Trafico? I did select Galaxy on that poll. So I felt pretty good when it finished 2-1. Yeah, so I, I mean, uh, going into the game when you don't have Carlos Vela, who's arguably the best player in MLS, um, that, that's ultimately going to be a hit. And to be honest with you, it, it does. if you're just getting into the league or if you're you know new like me or if you're new to sports in general, I guess, uh, you would think that that was okay, that they would – but I mean, it the, the league is so um, I guess close to chess with all these injury issues. I mean, you've got a lot of teams that'll not even tell um, close sources as to what the injury issues are. So it's only left to speculate. Um, so I, they, they're speculating that it's still that quad that Vela is dealing with, and you know, missing somebody like that who can attack, who can create space, who can um, make space of his own, who can score, who can pass. Uh, it, it, it's a that's a big piece to be missing. Um, and it's the first time that they really seem to have everything kind of together until Vela, uh, you know, since Vela has been hurt, um, Diego Rossi played. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it, LAFC came into the game a little wounded. Uh, I know that the, some of their guys are coming back. I know Rossi had been missing some time earlier on. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a team that, that's really going to struggle without its best player. I think that when you look at this team, um, while they are deep, they're not, I don't think they're deep in talent, uh, you know, besides Rossi, I guess. Uh, it, it's really tough because Michael K didn't play well. Um, Blessing was okay. Uh, Atuesta is going to give you that solid um, work rate, I guess. I, I don't know. It, it just seems like LAFC are kind of in this, weird lull right now because Carlos Vela is not back. And I think because of their struggles last year, Jordan, I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that they're struggling this year. I think that they think without Vela, who's going to create, who's going to score, what chances can they create if on the ball uh, if Vela is not there? And if it's a prolonged injury, you know, how much, how much can they go forward if he's not there to kind of, uh, you know, orchestrate this attack? Yeah, it's um, – look, I think they were lucky last year that LA Galaxy were not good. Um, I think that while, you know, they should have put some of these chances away, I think last year Galaxy probably still folds in this match and loses. Um, so the fact that Galaxy was able to hang on – uh, I think was was really great, and I'm looking at Greg Vanny now, and I'm thinking that uh, this has been really good pickup for LA Galaxy, and that uh, he's really already instilled with them that kind of heart and determination that we saw in his Toronto FC sides at times, um, you know, with, with their style of play, and uh, it, it you know it of course helps that Chicharito is is on fire, but I I think Vanny has a big part in that, and I think him kind of probably taking him under his wing, letting him know like, Hey, we're going to play more to your strengths. This is how we're going to play has really helped uh, Chicharito as well. And uh, yeah, I think that this is, uh, it's that, you know, it's, this is, this was a good matchup. It got great ratings on, mm-hmm. on TV. So 
it, it was everything you could really ask for, I think. It was better than the Sunday matches, I think, when we talk about rivalries. Um, but with all these matches being on national TV, the ratings actually came in really good. And I think hopefully that shows that MLS does deserve some more over-the-air network airtime. Mm-hmm. And especially when you have these type of matches with uh, with El Trafico. Um. Yeah, anything else about El Trafico here? That you want yeah, to I, I called him Michael K. It's Mark Anthony K. Yeah, yeah, I was going to correct you Thank on you. that. But Thank I was like, that. should yeah. I do that after the show? I don't know why I called him Michael. Or yeah. on the show? I didn't want to embarrass yeah, you. Correct me, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I called him Michael K. Maybe Didn't want know. to embarrass you, co-host. Yeah, no, but <laughs> co-host. Uh, I was rebranding uh, Mark Anthony K. Mm-hmm. No, I... To but, something more basic with just Mike, <laughs> right? Mike yeah, right. no, I got I will, it. And I will say though, like uh, the the one thing that I think is going to be a problem for Galaxy because I didn't talk much about them. I mean, Vela is going to be a big miss if they have to miss him for a long time in LAFC. LA Galaxy, I, I'm still not convinced that that lineup in the back is going to be enough to. I mean, Bond has had. Uh, I think he leads the league in saves and the league le- leads the league in opportunities to get a save. And that uh, again, a, a team that was in second last year. And most goals given up. Um, it, it's it doesn't look like it's fixed. It doesn't look like it's going to be that much better. Maybe a little bit better. Um, but again, I, it looked like a team that I think is going to struggle defensively. And it, can you rely on? And it looks like you can so far. Can you rely on Chicharito to kind of balance that out? Um, Zubac got the start because I think he's been so good in the attack and he's created for. Mm-hmm. Um, Javier Hernandez and and Sebastian Lejet's back, so that looked good. I'm not sure Gonzier's the answer there. I know they've been looking for that winger that I'm not sure that's quite him. I, I think that there's some issues there. Um, Dos Santos played really well. He got the goal, the second goal that Chicharito set up nicely. Um, but if if Chicharito can continue this MVP type form, then yes, I think that this team's a very good team and can make up for those deficiencies in the defense. But I'm not sure that. Right now, what they have is going to be enough. I don't think I don't. I never thought Stairs was good. I didn't think Williams was great. Um, Ara, uh, how do you say Araujo? that? Thank you. Um, about calling him Arajo. Um, Arajo, he had his best match, but that's not saying a lot because his his first three were, were pretty uh, subpar. So again, I, I think it's a defense that's still going to struggle. Uh, I think it's a defense that's going to leak some in the back. Um, and can an attack necessarily match what it's going to give up? All right. I think uh, let's move on to one of my topics I think I want to go over here, and that is the man, the myth, the legend, Chris <laughs> Wondolowski. Christopher. Who scores uh, one of the last people on earth to tuck in his shirt while playing, scores two late goals. He it was the return of the Goonies. Uh, for people that don't know, they were known as the Goonies in 2012 when they would score all these late stoppage time goals. This was not stoppage time though, this was 83rd and 87th minute. But uh, Ruby over Bean scored in the 43rd to give RSL the lead. Uh, and then you have two goals by Wondolowski. Uh, let, let's not shortchange Rubio, Rubian, though, with his uh, bicycle kick there <laughs> to give them the lead. But Wando comes in and does what he does, and that is uh, come out of nowhere and score three, uh, score two goals at the last few minutes to take all three points. 
his 168th goal, I believe, is his total now. Um, pretty good. Oh, it's a little cut off there. What does it say? Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, man. Bummer. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can fix this while I'm talking. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, <go> ahead. <laughs> no, but uh, the Rubin, I did want to talk about the Rubin goal just because I thought it was that good. Um, easily a, a nominee for goal of the year. I think we've had about a bunch of those. Um, so I think that that was something that, that many were talking about going into the half until, you know, pretty much that late stage where Wando does come on um, and then does get uh, going and, and rolling. But I, I think that, you know, uh, it, what it says, Jordan, is uh, it's uh, that uh, Chris Wondolowski is not the hero that San Jose deserved. It's the hero that San Jose needed. Uh, and it's quoting Mr. Commissioner Gordon. From the, from the dark, dark night. night. Yeah, because yeah. we've been watching that in class, so that just kind of stuck with me. Um, but yeah, that's what it says. So um, yeah, uh, it, it, he's been spectacular since he's, uh, you know, since he, when he came on. Um, and, and I know that we'll get into it more as we talk about the game, but I, I you know, just watching Wondolowski play and do the things that he can do, um, it, it's simply amazing to watch. Best all time scorer in MLS. Um, and we talked about him early on in the year. I know when we threw up that graphic when you're previewing the season and, and watching that game live. But uh, it just simply, uh, you know, not having watched the league a ton uh, and jumping into that and watching Wondolowski score, um, it surely is a, a special thing. All right. Well, I guess let's take a pause on the San Jose talk and let's move over to the cruise. Let's get Ori on here. All right. And now we go ahead and welcome Ori Benatar onto the show, friend of the show, been on before. How are you today, Ori? Doing all right. It's definitely been a, a wild four or five days <laughs> here, <laughs> here for Columbus soccer. So uh, hopefully things will cool off, but I can't see them cooling off anytime soon in regards to the amount of games happening and then obviously with the rebrand. Right, right. And I was actually kind of amazed that MLSsoccer.com now has the new crest for tomorrow's matchup already. Like, are they not wearing the old crest the rest of the season? Like, I felt like that would have been a quick turnaround. Yeah, I think from my understanding, or at least what I've seen, the old crest, I think, is going to be on the jerseys, I would mm. think, for the remainder of the year. The only thing that I could assume in regards to the crest and the jerseys is they shift it to the new logo once the new stadium opens. That's very possible that they take that move. But again, that's speculation. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But yes, their website, Major League Soccer's website, has shifted to the new logo for its standings, its schedule. So essentially the old logo for the crew, which is their second crest, obviously, is nowhere to be seen on its website unless you're looking to buy one of the old kits or mm -hmm. the current kits, theoretically speaking. Or, um, you know on MLS's site too. So I know that, uh, you know, it kind of came out that the Nordeca had been, I guess, made aware of this like a few days before it had happened and they signed like non-disclosure agreements or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, did you hear any wind of this before it started really breaking news or um, were you kind of just as shocked as the rest of, uh, it was like Saturday morning. I think most people started talking about this. Yeah, so from our reports, we, we broke the story uh, Sunday afternoon. My boss, Pat Murphy, uh, contacted the sources through Nordeca and throughout others within the club and elsewhere. 
I first found out uh, Saturday and then we basically uh, confirmed everything and we determined that the rebrand was going to happen. Our understanding was is that uh, Friday evening, this past Friday evening, there was a meeting with front office members and the Nordeca. It turned out to be relatively heated when the front office introduced them to the new logo and the rebrand with the crew being dropped from the official name and changing it to Columbus SC. Nordeca supporters were very, very uh, unhappy with that within that meeting. And then uh, we we understood that the rebrand launch was supposed to happen in the middle of the week, but that got pushed up to Monday. And they announced it on Monday and, you know, now everything has essentially changed. But overall, you know, we we started hearing the murmurs this weekend. And, you know, the fact that it's happened midseason is certainly very surprising two months before the opening of the new stadium. And obviously not just the Columbus crew community is, uh, you know, shocked and, you know, just surprised to see this happen. Uh, MLS community too, you know, we've I've seen the likes of, you know, the men in Blazers make a comment on it. Yeah. Heather O'Reilly was tweeting about it. Um, I believe Alexi Lalas uh, retweeted our story as well. So um, definitely, uh, definitely a wild few days here for sure. I was going to say, I mean, uh, do you get a sense as to why it was? I, it, I mean, we just started the season. They're getting, I get it that they're getting a new stadium. They thought maybe this was, uh, did, was there any sense of like they were trying to get this done before or, you know, they got pushed back and started meeting with the supporter groups or um, was this just kind of a drop of the hat? Like, let's do it now while we're getting ready to transition to this new stadium. I think the transition in the new stadium definitely has a lot to do with it for sure, because uh, I started seeing pictures uh, going around that, you know, in areas in the arena district in downtown Columbus, they're starting to add that new C onto Mm -hmm. places to help Mm -hmm. promote the new brand. I started seeing pictures of, you know, I think they're starting to engrave wooden tables at the new stadium with that new logo. So I think that's part of it. They wanted to launch this with the new stadium, but personally I feel like, you know, they could have announced it, you know, the January, February, March, you know, before the season had started. But then, you know, you're probably also looking at the way that the Adidas contracts works as well, yeah. because they mm-hmm. probably had to set up the new kits with the old crest by January, February or whatnot. And then with the new crest, if similar to the Chicago fire, there is sort of this announcement from ownership. That's like, we, we see the backlash from fans and we're going to change the logo and we're going to get fan input. I wouldn't expect that to happen until 2023, just based on kind of the way that these marketing contracts work, work with Adidas. So, but it's definitely surprising that it's happening now. You know, if you were going to announce a rebrand, I think it would have made more sense to do it before the season started. And uh, the timing of it is definitely interesting considering, yeah, you have the new stadium, a team that just won a championship with a great new roster. Right. Very rare to see a rebrand happen mm-hmm. for a team, especially in North America with, you know, the success and a lot of momentum going forward. So but this seemed to be in the works for about maybe two or three years potentially. But again, um, the the fan reaction has certainly been the story here. And in general, you know, with MLS community too, that it's universally agreed upon, not, not fully universally, but based on what we, what I saw from our Instagram post, yeah. I try to track sort of what people were saying about the logo. It, we're, we're talking maybe like two to three to 4% of the people that, we're replying to tweets, you know, rating stuff on Instagram, actually like the new logo. So Mm. interesting to see. Yeah. I think uh, that's kind of this, the gist I got too. And I'm like uh, looking at major league soccer's post of it and Columbus's post uh, yesterday where the comments underneath of the post were more than the likes by like more than double. It was complete ratio. Complete ratio. (laughs) 
you know, everybody loves to say the term ratio on Twitter. This was a true ratio uh, on there. And look, th- I don't think the logo is terrible enough as if like it was a secondary logo, you know, like some sports right. have like secondary logos for their, Agreed. but to make it, and you could still have them all over the stadium, I guess, but to make it your main crest, I think is just uh, awful. When I feel like the Columbus crew crest as it is now is, is one of the best. And of course their mixed messaging. Do you think it was a backtrack at all where like they changed their Twitter handle to the crew and they're saying the crew is still a part of it, even though it's not like they took the name out, but they're saying we'll still nickname them the crew. Yeah, I'm not sure if there was a backtrack there after the the leaks and people were starting to talk about it this past weekend on Twitter. I'm not sure because, you know, by changing it, the name to Columbus Soccer Club, you know, Tim Bezbachenko and ownership commented it's about, you know, trying to reach that global brand and. There's all these kind of different, uh, you know, things to think about with that. One of the things that comes to mind is, you know, I don't think it's just purely the crew ownership. I do think MLS definitely has a say in this because of the fact that we're seeing the trend. I think it's the last 12 expansion teams, including the ones that are going to be added in the next two years with Charlotte FC and St. Louis City SC, that all have the European traditionalized soccer names. The only, the last expansion club to be added in MLS that's kept its nickname and their official name is now the Portland Timbers because Montreal impact changed to CF Montreal in February. And it's sort of this change to generic simplified branding. And it's not just MLS. We're seeing that look at Juventus and Inter Milan in Mm -hmm. Syria. Juventus had, you know, an iconic logo with the black and white stripes, changing it to a J and then Inter Milan simplified its logo as well. So that might be the trend in marketing. I'm not sure why I like a little bit of creativity with the logos. I really like the, the, the new Columbus crew logo and, I think they put a lot of effort into it. I like circle logos personally. Yeah. And you look at some of the biggest clubs in the world yeah. of soccer, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Manchester Metro- City changed to a circle. And I think yeah, their right. logo is, is, is beautiful mm-hmm. and iconic. But And I think there was a little more input in the, in the old Columbus logo. Because you look at the middle there, it's got the 96 with the shield as – you know, an homage flag. to the yeah. yeah, an homage to the original logo, the checkered flag, and then the nine stripes to represent the other nine founding members of MLS. To me, that's really good thought to put into the logo to, you know, honor your your city, your club, and honor the league. Whereas this new logo, I just feel the shape is odd. It's the Ohio flag. It's a little. It's way too simplistic for my taste. I think obviously a lot of people are talking about that random triangle there in the bottom right corner. <laughs> Of the Ohio flag shape that everyone, some people are calling it a goatee or just like you yeah, know, the yeah. Illuminati or something. Like we don't know. Like personally, right. because I started doing graphic design once I joined Master Report. If I look at that, yes, that triangle helps to add to make it seem more full. And if it didn't have that, it seems a little emptier and you just have that random space that's yeah, empty yeah. in that corner. But also you have the Columbus and the SC outside of the of the crest and like and like you said jordan i think that this would be good as a secondary logo i think the c itself is okay and they have that as an icon or like a secondary logo they have an ohio uh state outline with black and gold filled in there those can work as secondaries but to me i think it's from an aesthetic design standpoint one of the most plain boring logos in all of sports right now so Mm -hmm. i i think the old logo was better and it was a little more creative so that that's where where I'm coming from, just from a personal preference standpoint. Yeah, it kind of looks like. Sorry, I was just gonna oh, say go it kind of looks like one of those generic 
uh, FIFA teams when they can't get the license. Uh, well, to, 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 be, like. <laughs> to be fair to EA Sports, if you guys go look up on Google, because EA Sports doesn't have the rights to Juventus and FIFA, yes, they have yeah. to call Juventus Piemonte Calcio. No joke. The badge that EA Sports made for Piemonte Calcio to use in FIFA is better than the actual Juventus badge. I it looks like the old school Juventus one. Yeah, it looks nice. Like they got the yeah. zebra in there. It's actually really, really nice. But yeah, it, it gives me, it reminds me certainly of if you had like NCAA football and you yeah. can make your own college <laughs> and you had options of like 20 shapes and you can only put every letter in the alphabet in there. Yes. Yep, um, yep. But um, that's something else that I was going to point out as well but also and the other thing is it's another c for an ohio professional team Cavs, yeah. reds indians the clippers even the Bengals. it's a b you know yeah. everybody's going with the one letter logo I, I i'm just curious to hear what the, the focus groups that they interviewed apparently they interviewed three thousand people what their input was and also from a marketing perspective the shift to simplicity I, i'd be very curious to know uh, about that stuff because obviously i'm not in advertising and i'm not in marketing but um, I'm just curious to know, you know, this sort of shift into simplistic logos. So you were, I, I know you've talked to players and coaches and uh, you, you've seen, I guess, the reactions from former players. Zach Steffen was quick to comment on the new logo. I mean, is, is there a sense that, that they're kind of irritated with it or are they just kind of going about it just because, you, you know, I, there's not much, I know there's not much they can really say except yeah. I mean, it's, it's ownership. It's their decision. So, right. And at the same time, they have more important things to worry about. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, some some right. perspective for them. We talked to Caleb Porter, Darlington Nagby, and Jossie Zardes on Tuesday. Caleb Porter was asked about it. And it's like, I'm the coach. I'm yeah. here to – I have much more things to worry about than what our logo is in a sense. Right. That's, that's kind of what he was going with. And he does. They're about to play their fifth game in 15 days. They've got guys who have soft tissue injuries. And, mm -hmm. you know, they got a big game against Toronto in the middle of the week. Then they got to go and play New England on a big Sunday night nationally televised game. New England, very, very good team in the league. Mm -hmm. So he's got more important things to worry about. <laughs> and so do the players for sure. So I, I just hope that, you know, as, as much as the crew fans have rights to, you know, be angry about the way the logo looks and the lack of input that the supporters mm -hmm. groups had in the rebrand, similar to the mistake the Chicago fire made. And then they're trying to um, reevaluate and now have fan input for their new, new logo. Um, I just hope that the, there's not going to be too much toxicity around it. Cause I think it's important to, you know, put things in perspective as well. We saw a few people were threatening members of the crew right, uh, staff. Right. It was a very, very small minority, but Nordeka had to, you know, say like, you know, we're not doing this. We're report this ASAP. So I think it's important that, you know, as much as the logo can anger fans and, you know, you'd be annoyed about the name change. And, you know, I, I think it does. Personally, I just don't see the reasoning behind dropping the crew from your official name. It's what mm -hmm. Monterey does with Rayados and all that kind of stuff. And I, I sort of get where they're going with it. But, you know, that's that's a that's a moniker and a name that is synonymous with saving the team. You've built a community yes. and a culture here where people know this team as the crew. And but they're not really dropping it. There's just a lot of different names now you can call this team. <laughs> yeah that's what i was like uh what i was telling logan is i think they had a slam dunk of a job as ownership right you save the crew from pre-court and a move to austin uh you get them a new stadium you sign zella rayon and then you just hands off on the logo and you're probably beloved it's just uh bizarre to uh you know to make that choice i feel like and uh yeah. just just you know, I, I get that they want to make their mark, right? It's new ownership that always wants to make 
their mark on it. But I, I just find it odd when these people always think that uh, these business school people know more than what fans like. And when you, we say they're moving to a global brand, I don't understand what that means when you're removing what made them unique enough to be a global brand, you know, like right. they, they were the crew. And now if you're a fan overseas, like you could have liked them because you liked crew Alexander, right. Uh, or Alexandria over in England. But now you're like, Oh, if I pick an MLS team, it's going to be Columbus. Why? You know, like just cause they're Columbus SC, there's nothing there that speaks global to me. Yeah, I think it's just MLS thinking that yeah. these European stylized names would be more global. Mm -hmm. And I read the Sports Illustrated article that was really, really well written. I forgot who the author was. Let me double check here because I want to make sure I give the author credit here. I sent this to my family and uh, they found it a very interesting read as well. And he brought up a really good point about other teams. Uh, it's the SI article, uh, Cruz Change to Columbus SC, the latest in MLS branding conformity. It's by Brian Strauss. Of oh, yeah, the Strauss article, yeah. So, But the one thing he brought up is the likes of you're seeing these American teams like the New York Yankees, Los Angeles Lakers, New England Patriots, Dallas Cowboys, New York Knicks, traditionalized American nickname teams that have a global brand. I mm -hmm. think it's different, though, with those teams because you look at the NFL, the MLB, and the NBA. These are the premier leagues for mm -hmm. their sports in the, in the world, whereas MLS – is not the top league in the world. It's going to be very hard for MLS to ever become the top league in the world yeah. because you're working back with you know, a newer league. There's less history. You can build that history up, and as the years go by, MLS will create its own history. But um, maybe in 20, 30 years, people will be talking about these European stylized names, and who knows? They might grow their brand globally. It's very possible. It's very similar to what the owners of the European Super League clubs thought. They were thinking about yeah. that global reach. And then they saw that the hardcore fans in their communities were very opposed to this idea, and then they squashed it. And I don't know if that's going to happen with, with Columbus SC. I think because of the contracts, the NDAs that were signed, and all, all those things that encompass it. So if there were, were to be a fourth rebrand, I wouldn't expect it to happen for two years. But right now, the Nordeca is having petitions to, you know, not buy merch. I know there's people yes. that have canceled their season tickets. The creative director of Nordeca just resigned. And that's unfortunate because you might have the start of this brand new stadium and no TIFOs. There's not going to be many banners. There were no banners hung at the DC United game. I don't expect any banners to be hung for the last two ever games at Historic Crew Stadium on May 29th and June uh, 17th against the fire. So... And at I mean, the same time, did somebody say about a walkout? Did they walk out during uh, the Nordeca at all, or no? I don't know game? if I saw a walkout. Okay. The middle, the middle section of Nordeca for the game on Saturday was emptier than usual, but mm. no banners. I think there were chants of "F the rebrand." Uh, there were murmurs on Twitter during the game on Saturday too, but things started to really escalate on Sunday when we started to see the leaks of the logo and whatnot. But you know, the timing is unfortunate where you know you have a brand new stadium, a new a great team that just won a championship, had to deal with CCL scheduling and is still undefeated yeah. in the league. Only four teams in the league are undefeated. And the crew is the only team that was in CCL that can say that they're undefeated right now with five points. And you know, all that momentum, and then with this rebrand, you kind of squash it a little bit. But we'll see how the weeks and the months go by and with the brand opening of the new stadium. You know, what kind of a crowd, what kind of capacity we have, and in general, the way that ownership responds to the fan reaction from this. 
did you want to say something? Yeah, about I was just going to, before we let you go, I, I know we, we want to talk crew, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you were just talking about him a little bit. Um, but I mean, as far as the Kevin Molino injury, Aiden Morris is hurt. Um, you know, how, how much are those injuries starting to kind of pile up on the crew? Do you, are you starting to see maybe some of the, the concerns with crew as Caleb Porter talked at all about those concerns and then how, you know, moving forward, uh, with some of these competitions that are coming up in the summer, is there concern with depth now? Um, I think the depth concern is not as big. I think it's more so the fact that within this stretch, they haven't had time to have full training. Cause think mm-hmm. about it. They've played two games a week for yeah. the last three weeks. That's six games in 19 days. This is their toughest stretch they're going to have for the entire 2021 season. Right. And, you know, they haven't been able to fully train. So after, you know, Saturday's game against DC, you got to spend, you know, Sunday as a recovery day, Monday as well to do some light training. And then Tuesday, you have to travel to Florida and then Wednesday is the game against Toronto. So being able to juggle that, and then it's just a lot of rotation, but you know, Ada Morris obviously being out for the year, Kevin Molino mm-hmm. should be back. I would think in the next, you know, three to four weeks, probably we could right. see him at the end of May, beginning of June and slot into that winger role, you know, maybe get in for the likes of Pedro Santos or Luis Diaz to get some more rotation in there. The midfield position is where the depth is really concerning right now because Perry Kitchen is also injured. He mm-hmm. is going to be out for a little bit. So, you know, you have Nagby and Artur having to play a lot in that position, but they can't play every game. So now you're putting in the likes of Isaiah Parente in those positions. You probably are looking at Liam Frazier. They just picked up from loan from Toronto FC. He has to come in at some point to play a game or two. So Nagby, Artur is very sore, Caleb Porter told us, but he's been playing 90 minutes like a champ. It's been one of the crew's best players. And then they just uh, had a recent injury to Milton Valenzuela, the left back, who hasn't been able to play. He'll be out for Wednesday's game. Will and Francis is having to step into that role. And also Jossie Zardes is still dealing with his shoulder injury that he mm-hmm. sustained in that Monterey game with that collision with the keeper. I asked him today how the shoulder was. He said, I'm still in pain. It's going to take a few weeks for that pain to go away, but he's playing through it. So, And that's why we've seen Bradley Wright Phillips make a couple of starts here in the last few days. So, But we, we saw the perspective of the injuries when you're playing against a team like D.C. United who had like, what, 14 players out in the game against <laughs> Columbus. They had four people on the bench. One guy got scratched right. during warm-ups in, in Columbus. So right. injury-wise, I think there is some concern in there. I think it's just more making sure that your top players are not going to get severely hurt. And that's where the rotation comes in from Caleb Porter. He has to manage that. So who knows what kind of a lineup we see on Wednesday against Toronto whether we see Nagby or Artur take a rest or Zellerayan, you know, take a back seat and you see maybe Alexander Matan get his first start, play Pedro Santos in the center attacking mid position. If you play someone else at left back and Milton Valenzuela is not healthy and you have Waylon Francis in there, you maybe give him a rest or you see Saad Abdul Salam get a start. So it'll be interesting to see, but two big games this week with Toronto and the New England Revolution. And, you know, they, they're focused on what's happening on the field. Now everyone wants right. to talk about the logo and the rebrand, everything like that, but you know, this is a team that has five points. They're undefeated in the league. They're, they got their confidence back, their offensive flow going with the win against D.C. Yes, two own goals, but still they created those chances. And now it's about building that momentum into the MLS season. And uh, they're going to try and defend this title and get some hype for the new stadium. All right. Yeah, thanks. Uh, last question. Last question I want to ask you here Sure. is, uh, you know, they were kind of expected to run away with the Eastern Conference. Uh, has those... Uh, projections or whatever changed at all among crew fans or is it just kind of like get as high as you can and and win the mls cup now or um Um, i think it's too early to tell but right because it's a long season yeah 
Right, definitely. Very long season. We're not done till November for this season. But I think when you look at the standings, you see a couple of the challengers. New York City as as Rose is a challenge. I think New England we knew was going to be a very good team. Red Bulls are starting to build up some momentum. Nashville's undefeated with three draws. Finally picked up a win last week, I believe, against Philly. Uh, Montreal is not too shabby, but um, I think the other thing that's going to be interesting to see is how those CCL teams – now that they don't have to worry about CCL, whether they've been eliminated or in the case of Philly, don't have to play Club America oh, until August, August yeah. you know, when they start to build some momentum. Philly is a good team. They're a very good team. And yes, they might be in 10th right now, but they'll develop some momentum in order to, you know, build upon what they did last season by winning the supporter shield. So I think right now, too early to tell. I think the only thing that's safe to say in regards to where MLS teams are at right now, I think Seattle is still the best team right now. They've shown it. And in most power rankings, Seattle and Columbus are the top two. So the teams that were there last year, still very competitive in the league. But very long season ago. We'll see how it goes. All right. Thanks, Ori. Did you want to say where everybody can find your work at? Uh, yeah, Twitter at Obenatar512. Uh, and, of course, uh, check out MassiveReport.com for plenty of crew coverage. we got some stories out there, obviously, about the rebrand and uh, plenty of coverage for the upcoming games. But uh, it'll be nice to have a little bit of a break soon with some games. It's not going to be <laughs> – have Wednesday and yeah. a weekend because after this New England game, they don't play next until the Saturday against yeah. uh, New York City. But uh, yeah, MassReport.com and uh, Obenatar, O-B-E-N-A-T-A-R, uh, 512. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, guys.